Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Welcome to our second annual month-long of holiday magic, named after the now-defunct cosmetics pyramid scheme owned by our shady friend, William Penn Patrick. I am so excited to be bringing you even more amazing content to keep you willingly informed and scam-free all season long. Please join us every Sunday and Wednesday throughout the month of December for brand new episodes filled with the interviews, topics, stories, and history that you asked for. All frauds, scams, pyramid schemes, and cults, all month long. Happy holidays, Hunbots and Hunbros, from me, Abby, and Life After MLM. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. So this week has been a doozy for me, and I want to start off by saying thank you so much to my Patreon members for being so understanding that this episode wasn't as early as usual. We got an early snowstorm in San Diego. Yes, it does snow in San Diego. It snows in the county, in the mountains at like 4,000 feet, not downtown or at the beach or anything. But with the snow, it brought this cold front that knocked me down and took me out. So I took it easy and I rested and everyone was so understanding because, you know, we don't do boss babe hustle culture here and taking breaks is normal. So lots of tea, cold medicine and sleep and I'm as good as new. I also wanted to welcome our new members, Terry Jones, Rebecca Smith and Nicole Moran. Thank you so much for the support. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have five and ten dollar tiers. Shows are ad free usually early and include lots of bonus content. For those who can't monetarily support and would still like to help, you can always like, share, and rate us five stars on all of the podcasting platforms because it helps in this world and it helps grow the show. This one is a long one, so quickly a couple of content warnings. This episode is about autism and how MLMs target the parents of autistics and the dangers that come with that. And we talk about neurodivergency, mental illness, depression, and suicidal thoughts. And because this episode is a big one, we are going to do a quick scam before jumping in. 
Christmas is in like a week. And those of you who haven't had a chance to write a letter to Santa should pay attention so that you can avoid the Santa letter scam. People who scam people suck. And people who scam people at the holidays suck more. But people who scam children at the holidays are a new kind of suck. And you will have the day you deserve. So this scam can bind itself to you in a variety of ways. You may get a random letter in the mail advertising the service a few months before the holidays, or an email, or maybe even an ad on social media in the last days before Christmas. A personalized handwritten letter from Santa or something similar. So how does the scam work? Usually there's an offer for an ornate handwritten letter from Santa to your child at a decently fair price for something like that, around $20 to $30. Some are even free. They ask for your email, your child's full name and gender, they have your address, and they have your credit card information too. You input all of that info, you pay the fee, and the letter never comes. Best case scenario, you're out $20 to $30, but worst case, they have all of your children's personal information and they have your financial information too. It's tempting. At first glance, it can look like a precious keepsake and a magical memory for your children, and who wouldn't want to do that? But not all letters from Santa are created equal, so let's figure out how to tell the keepsake from the scam. First, as I've mentioned before, always check that the website is real. Make sure it has HTTPS in front of the address, that there's a secure connection with the lock icon, and never click a suspicious link. Type the web address into a browser instead. Second, Google the company name and read the reviews. Do they look real? Do they look genuine? Real companies will have a mix of good and bad reviews, and the comments will read as if humans wrote them and not robots. The USPS has a program called Operation Santa, and while the deadline has passed for this year, it is a really cool program where you can send a letter to Santa or adopt a letter to bring the magic of the holidays to a family. And if nothing else, there are some amazing templates online that range from free to just a few dollars, and you could support small business right before the holidays. Stay away from the scammy stuff. Pinterest can be your friend. And uh, let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. I am really excited. I know I say that. And I know I say that I say that. But you guys, this is what happens when you're on social media. The person we're about to talk to, I was following her for a really long time. She's super funny. You guys tag me in her videos all the time. And then she messaged me the other day. She's like, what? You follow me? And she followed me back. And now we're friends. And it's great. We're going to have a really good time on this episode. You guys have no idea. I would love to welcome to the show my new friend, Laura Dodd. Welcome. Hey, Roberta. This is so exciting. <laughs> this is so fun. Um, I want to say that I was introduced to you originally a few months ago when I was tagged a billion times. I, I, I am exaggerating, but I feel like I'm not. Um, in a video you made where you were like, no, I don't have to join your pyramid scheme. It was like the one phrase that all women need to know. And it was like, no, yes. I won't <laughs> join your pyramid scheme. It was hilarious. Um, and I watched your content and I was like, yes, I smashed that follow button. Um, and here we are. Your, your content is hilarious. So for anybody who's like, wait a second, I think I saw that video. Please introduce yourself. Let them know who you are, what your account is. And um, right before we hit record, you told me a really cool story. And I just I want you to tell that story of sort of how your account evolved because it was really good. Anyway, I started creating online. Well, I started my current social media following um, when the pandemic started and a lot of parents were teaching their kids from home and they were pretty overworked. So I started doing live streams of history classes on Facebook because I'm a big history nerd, right? Eventually I 
started creating more and more history stuff. And that's why my account is called Online One Room Schoolhouse, even though I eventually realized I don't really want to be the Bill Nye the Science Guy of history. I kind of just want to be a comedian and make people laugh. Um, however, I'm still a big history fan and I'll make jokes about history. But <laughs> Roberta wants me to tell you about a specific guillotine incident <laughs> because of course she does. <laughs> okay, so um, I taught the kids live streams every day teaching about history I would sometimes give the kids like optional homework one time I gave them the homework to draw a fashionable guillotine operator because during the French Revolution the executions were seen as such a sign of patriotism that everyone was idolizing these executioners to the point where the executioners actually started multiple fashion trends like individual executioners not just like an executioner uniform thing no the executioners individual style choices were influencing the fashion of the country <laughs> so I told the kids to draw a fashion like what you would wear if you were a French Revolution executioner <laughs> and that probably counts as my first piece of fan bell ever I have it saved it's an image of a of a mustachioed I think he's got an axe in his hand even though he's a guillotine operator I think it's a I think it's a backup yeah a mustachioed beheader <laughs> <laughs> Roberta's on mute, but she's cracking up so, so funny. Kids are so oh funny. Goodness. I love the mustache. So, I need like you to find that aspect. picture and send it to me. I need to see it. The comedy aspect was there from the beginning. I like to make people laugh, but I, I also really love history. I just changed from doing history that happens to be funny to doing comedy that often ends up incorporating history just because I'm a nerd. Just last night, I posted a video at 1.30 a.m. because I had this idea and didn't want to wait. I was like, these vacation rentals are getting out of hand. You can't trust anything. I rented one last week and there was heartbeats coming from beneath the floorboards the entire time. <laughs> I went upstairs and you're not going to believe this, but my bedroom was covered in this hideous yellow wallpaper. And then a bird flew in and it wouldn't leave. <laughs> and he was squawking and he just wouldn't shut up. <laughs> the Poe. Amazing. I Thank you. It, I, I ended it by saying that my, that the host that I rented from was named Goody Proctor. And I saw her with this really weird dude. <laughs> Gave me strange vibes. Nevermore. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah, no, history is still part of my life. It's just kind of weird being a comedian and you're like the online one room schoolhouse person, but it's got good stories. Seriously, um, your content is hilarious. Uh, you've got history. You've got some anti-MLM stuff in there. You, and that's your dog. We, we, uh, Laura, right before we started talking, she was like, hey, hold on. <laughs> I got to fill a tire full of peanut butter for my dog. And I was like, yeah, okay. She's like, I'm not joking. And then she showed me it was actually a bicycle tire that she puts peanut butter on the inside to keep her dog um, occupied. <laughs> so there may be some barks. We apologize, but we yeah. have dogs over here. There's still a little peanut butter in this tire. She, she missed it. So I'm just going to, I'm going to hold it. Whenever I hold the toy, she's less distracted because then there's like community. You got to create scarcity. So if I'm holding the toy, then how is she supposed to hold the toy? It's a marketing tactic. She's got to get it while there's still a chance. 
So one of the other things that you talk a lot about on your channel uh, is autism and disability. I love that you're educating. Your style is, it's, it's, it's not scary, you know? It's very relatable and open and welcoming. And I think that's one of the reasons that probably people resonate so much with your content and enjoy it so much. You are hilarious and you say the things um, in a perfect way that like, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I, that's exactly what I, what I mean. And you just, you're so good at, and, and, and I'm at a loss for words right now, but like you're, you're articulating it as I cannot articulate my own. I have that winning bit and personal charm that just, I'm just so verbose, you know? alluring feminine sort of way I freaking love your content it's hilarious like it doesn't even matter if it's like whatever (laughs) you're talking about I am so drawn to your voices your hair color like the the funny thing you're just you're hilarious you are absolutely hilarious and I just thank you for gracing my FYP because for real it makes my day uh well I'm really glad you like it because I try to keep it interesting you know um I feel like people have a responsibility to fight to make the world a better place, but they don't have a responsibility to listen to your specific rant about how they should fight to make the world a better place. So if you want to talk to people about important issues, sometimes it's best to just really turn up the entertainment factor. And I don't see a loss at that. Everyone loves to be entertained. If you're talking about something that's difficult for people to talk about, that's going to be taxing on them emotionally. But if you make them laugh, then it's going to be the reverse. It's going to give to them emotionally. It's a, it's a give and take. And people will want to watch you talk about important issues if they feel good about themselves in the same time. Even if you're calling them out saying like, this is bad. But if you can make them chuckle, then they, they don't feel so awful. And you can get a pretty good audience, it turns out. Absolutely. Not that I'm particularly excellent at that, but I'm getting better every day. Uh, and I'm really proud of that. You should definitely be proud. You create really great content. Everybody definitely go follow her. All of the information is in the show notes. You will laugh and you know, you can thank me later. <laughs> so Laura and I, um, we started talking about wanting to, to create an episode and to talk about autism and neurodivergency and ADHD a little bit as well, but more of a focus on autism because that's something that you educate on. Um, and she was like, let's create a Google doc. And so we did. And she created a Google doc with all these links and we were sort of chatting and, and taking notes in between. She's was posting the things that she has seen um, as someone with autism, things that are offensive or just were sort of like, hey, you like, this is not the way to do this. And I sort of went in there and started adding more anecdotal things that I had experienced. And then also a little more research into like, hey, who is this doctor? <laughs> Let me see if I can find if this is actually a person or not that, that is being cited on this source. So we have this huge Google Doc and I will- Let's yeah. just edit the doc. So it's just the good links in there. Because I went through and I posted images along with alt text. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's um, where you describe what's in an image so that people who use screen readers, like maybe they're uh, blind uh, or have trouble seeing things clearly on a screen, so that it can be read aloud to them what's in the image. And these images are so ridiculous, my friends. Um, so I went through and wrote alt text for all of those, um, just so that you can appreciate them. Even if you're, you don't use a screen reader and you just have trouble loading things on your phone, you'll be able to understand what's looking at. That is a fantastic point. So we will throw the Google doc that we've been working on all edited with all of the alt text. Thank you so much for that. That's another thing that I think people don't understand. Mm -hmm. It's like, why is there alt text? Um, And thank you for screen readers 
Being a content creator, I have learned so much about online accessibility for those that have mm-hmm. disabilities. And it's amazing. Um, some really amazing people working in those fields and coming up with really beautiful and incredible solutions that make yeah. everything really accessible to everyone. Yeah. We are going to put the link to the Google Doc that we created with all of the links and all of the alt texts. Uh, in the show notes so that everybody can check out what we were doing before this episode happened. But let's jump into it. I, I, w- I want to talk to you about autism and what that looks like and what what it is like for you as an autistic person seeing these MLM images that are literally targeting autism and neurodivergency and things like that. Like, How do those make you feel as someone who is on the spectrum? Let's start with the basics. Me and quite a lot of other autistic people, I, I think the majority, but it's not like there's ever been a study, see autism as a different kind of brain rather than a broken kind of brain. But that's going to lead to problems regardless. So I think a lot of people want to say that autism is either a disability that should be gotten rid of or a normal part of life And so people don't have any problems with it. I'm of the firm belief that autism is just a difference, a different way for people to experience the world. But that doesn't mean that we don't have problems. When you're different, it's usually going to come with challenges. And autism is a great example of being different that comes with a lot of challenges. I think a great way to describe autism is to imagine that you live in a city of fairies. Everyone's a fairy, everyone can fly, everyone's got magic, they don't even make stairs because everyone just flies. And then you're born a mermaid. The fairies will look at you and say, look at this pathetic fish baby that smells like dirt. It can't do anything. It can't even make it through the doors because there aren't stairs and you don't have feet. You'd be seen as the most helpless, pathetic thing. People around you would see you as a burden. You're a mess. You can't do anything. You can't even work the microwave because that takes fairy magic and you don't have fairy magic. But if you find yourself in the ocean, you're actually at home. You're where you're meant to be. And that's very, you know... Disney way to put it, but that's how I see myself being autistic. I'm going to struggle a whole bunch because I'm essentially a mermaid in a city of fairies. I'm going to struggle a lot. And I don't want to minimize that because there's a huge amount of struggles that come with being autistic and every autistic is different. Every autistic has different struggles and those struggles are turned up to different volumes for each of us. I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying being autistic is easy or doesn't deserve support, but I'm not ashamed to be autistic. I think it's honestly really cool to be the eccentric one, the one that doesn't make sense, the one who sees the world in a different way. I mean, heck, I'm a comedian. I grew up, I was weird. I was the weird outcast kid. Everyone laughed at me all the time. And so I grew up and made them start paying me money so they could laugh at me all the time. It's called capitalism and it has its perks. (laughs) Okay, so in understanding how we're gonna talk about autism today, it is important for you to understand the perspective I'm coming from. I don't want anyone to think that I'm minimizing the problems that can come with being autistic. And a lot of people really need a lot of help, including me. I've been through some very, very dark times in my life because I did not get help. And it is a miracle I'm still alive. 
You um, just need to put some trigger warnings at the beginning of this episode because there's no way we won't talk about really dark stuff. Right, um, right. There will there there was a trigger <laughs> warning because I put it in in the post. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Yeah, I'm glad I'm here too. So that's just my philosophy of autism, and I, I do believe that is correct. I understand people have different views of it. But that's going to impact how I talk about this today. I don't think autism is something that needs to be like sought out and destroyed. But I, I also don't think it's something that we should just ignore and not help with. The world needs people who are different or else we'd all be clones. It's no coincidence that when you talk about like a dystopian future that terrifies everyone, you see things like the cyborg in Doctor Who or the Borg in uh, Star Trek. One of the most terrifying things humanity can imagine is a world where everyone is the same. And so I'm really glad to be someone who's very much not the same. I think it's an important part of the world to have people who are very different, but that doesn't mean that life is easy for us or that we shouldn't get help or that there aren't issues that need to be taken care of. It can be both at the same time. Okay, now that we've finished our philosophy section. <laughs> Let's get on to scams. <laughs> what is the biggest offender that you see of these MLMs that are targeting autistic people and um, trying to cure them of their uh, malady? Well, the same thing that it is for every MLM is just taking advantage of vulnerable people because they know they're an easy target. If you're a parent and your kid gets diagnosed as autistic, even if you have like a very progressive view and you're like, my child isn't broken, they're just different. That doesn't change the fact that your child is really struggling and you want something to help them right away. You might think to yourself, my child is amazing. And anyone who says that my child shouldn't exist is an awful person and I'm just gonna fight them. You know, you can be like this fierce defender of your autistic kid and their right to exist just how they are. And you still don't know what to do or how to make them comfortable, how to make them feel better, how to connect with them on a personal level. No one is just born knowing how to be a parent. And when your child is born very different from other children, that just amplifies. You can be the most progressive thinking, optimistic, just kind, like we're all different, hippy skippy person there is, and still be extremely desperate when your kid is diagnosed as autistic. That's scary, right? I mean, yeah. when people go, oh, you know what, what, what you're, oh, you're having a baby. You, people say, oh, we just hope for 10 toes and 10 fingers, right? And, and we just want them to be healthy. We just want them to be this. We don't ever think that there are going to be things that not wrong, but things that are different. Like you said, things that are different mm -hmm. that you don't expect because everyone is different. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter, she is exactly what I expected. And then at the same time, exactly what I didn't expect. In, in that same vein, if there's anything that's wrong, I am a fierce defender. I am a fierce, so who hurt my baby? Whether it is like something that happened to her or something that's going on inside, whatever it is. Like, so absolutely, I could understand as a parent finding any sort of anything that is outside of what you hoped and expected for in quote unquote normalcy and then being terrified because you're like, I didn't prepare for this. Mm -hmm. Especially with the possibility of your child living with you for the rest of their life. For the record, I think that as, an, as Americans, we are just way too obsessed with the idea of independence. I just think, you know, if you live with your parents 
after 18, who cares? Maybe your parents can use the help. As long as you're contributing, who cares? If you need people to look after you and you look after them, that's great. I think America is way too obsessed with independence. So I think it can be especially difficult for American parents to hear that their child might need their help for the rest of their life. And they're like, oh no, because we've kind of associated being an independent person with being a capable person. And there's a huge difference because sometimes you just need help with things that other people don't need help with. And that doesn't mean that you're less of a person. Um, everyone's going to handle things differently and everyone's going to need help with different things. But when you're a parent and you hear that, your immediate thought is, I've got to rescue them. I've got to find a way to fix this. I've got to find a way to fix them so that our entire lives aren't ruled by this new diagnosis. And while I would encourage parents out there to know that autism isn't a prison, I can definitely understand how it can feel that way when you're overwhelmed and don't know what's going on. I think a lot of times the answer and the journey to the answer can be the hardest part because you're scared. I know people that have oftentimes waited on diagnosis as longer than they needed to just because they were afraid of getting the diagnosis they knew they were going to get. And they thought, if I just wait another year, it's it's not real, right? We can just wait a little bit longer until the diagnosis is there. It's not real. And I can continue to push this through. And I understand that there are people out there that probably feel that way. Um, but we, like Laura, makes really wonderful, open and, and relatable content. Like this episode really is meant to talk about those things to sort of expose what multi-level marketing is doing and, and how they are targeting those on the spectrum and the families of people that are on the spectrum as well, because it's not just those with autism that are targeted by MLMs. The parents are very much so. And again, the fear mongering of your child is broken. And then also like the co-opting of autism speaks, which we can get into a little bit as well. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's that whole thing. Right. And it's just problematic. I think most people want to be good and we just don't always know that there are problematic things. And we learn every day about problematic things and we make decisions and, and work towards better outcomes. So I'm going to step off my soapbox and let you talk now. <laughs> I think that one of the biggest problems that happens when talking about autism as a whole is framing the parents as the as the protagonist in the in the kid's own story. Looking at the kid and saying like, oh, this kid has autism. Here's everything their parents did to fix them. Here's how bright their parents are to put up with them. Oh, the parents are great. And you forget that the kid is a person with their own story. I, I wanted to put that disclaimer out there because... We're actually going to be talking a lot about the parents here today. It's going to be talking a lot about autism parents. And I, I want to say that I understand there's a real issue with treating autistics like they are side characters and other people's stories. But at the end of the day, I think the MLMs specifically target the parents of autistic kids. In my personal opinion, MLMs are purposely trying to exploit parents of autistic kids. So we're going to talk a lot about the parents here because the parents don't deserve that and the kids don't deserve that. Um, so I understand autism isn't just about non-autistic people who live in the radius of autism, but we're going to talk a lot about the parents today. Okay. So I am going to pull up one of these um, Instagram posts. So yeah, so this is a top doTERRA rep, like, like a big one. And uh, she's got this, this post it, it has some doTERRA products in the back, sort of harder to see. They're faded out. 
And then on top of it, it says, do any of these sound familiar? And it has a list, a laundry list of literally side effects of just existing. I think these, most of these are just side effects of living life as a human on this planet. Uh, like it's a blanket insomnia. list. Everyone's going to have at least one. Low energy. Stress. Brain fog. Mood swings. Anxiety. Depression. I this mean, one, come on. Hold up. This one just says autoimmune. That's not even a thing. It's an adjective. And other chronic health issues. Do you have autoimmune? That's like <laughs> saying, do you have difficult? <laughs> do you have frustrating? Well, I've got the thing for you. <laughs> Cure your frustrating forever. <laughs> I mean... This is this is a health claim. These are health claims. This is an illegal health claim. For some reason, it's still here on this Instagram. It's live. You can look at it. Uh, it has not been taken down, even though it is an illegal health claim. If you're looking at the Google Doc after we make this podcast and this link doesn't go anywhere, you'll know why. <laughs> right. If this gets reported a billion times. Maybe that it won't be there when you come looking for this in six months. Um, but yeah, and then and then the text that the top rep says is, "Come join us tonight." If you miss the testimonials on how these vitamins have really made an impact on people's health, scroll through and read for yourself. She used the word testimonial, like that is a dog whistle for religious people, and we already understand and know that the essential oils are a lot deeper into the religious indoctrination than some of the other MLMs are. Here's one that you shared. It says a truly abysmally written article about Herbalife alleging helping autistic kids. This is just one of the strangest articles I've read because it just doesn't reference a single scientific study or anything. And it's not even like common knowledge stuff. If you just said stuff like vegetables are good for you, I wouldn't expect references. But this person is trying to convince us all of something with no backup whatsoever. It took me a while to even find the name of the author. Right? <laughs> Literally, the article is called Treating Autism the Herbalife Way. Oh, okay, man. There's see. so much to choose from. Um, It says... It's amazing how I hear about how autism and Herbalife can strike a compatible tandem. Few people know that the manufacturer of premium quality dietary supplements, which utilizes the healing power of natural herbs and provides vital vitamins and minerals to the body needs, may also contribute to improving people's cognitive functions. Like the, the, that whole center section was literally just fluff about Herbalife, like a run-on sentence about fluffy Herbalife products. Also, I want to point out that so many times when people talk about helping with autism, they just do anything that's supposed to like generally help your brain. Because I think people have this idea that autistic brains are just brains that aren't working well enough. And if you just give them enough brain boost, they'll be totally normal. My brain functions in a fundamentally different way than other people's brains, okay? That's like saying my MacBook will run better if I give it the Windows update, okay? Like taking care of your brain is great. And autistics definitely need to take care of their brains just like everyone else. And there might be ways that these cognitive boosters of like vitamins or whatever 
can help, but you're not going to make someone less autistic by making sure that their brain works well. You can be very smart and emotionally healthy and intelligent and aware and alert and still be very autistic. (laughs) They're not opposites. It goes on to say, as parents of autistic kids who have seen notably physical and behavioral improvements in their children can provide a pillar of support for good health when taken on a regular basis and with a medical practitioner's nod of approval. That is a sentence fragment. There is no subject and verb there. There's also some questionable adjectives and adverbs. It is like... Did a robot write this? I feel like this is a robot written article. I don't know. I Googled the author and I couldn't find anything. Because uh, the author is Rosie Jetson's maid. I spent so much time on Twitter. I feel the need to add disclaimers to everything to show that I'm trying not to be mean to anyone. So I, I, do, I think we shouldn't think less of people who have trouble with spelling and grammar. You know, maybe they grew up in an underfunded school district. Maybe they just have mental differences that make it hard for them to understand spelling and stuff. However, when you are making health claims, that's a red flag. Because if you're making serious health claims, you'd hope that someone else at least glanced over it, made sure you were telling the truth. Maybe you have some sort of education. There's nothing wrong morally or respect-wise for someone who's bad at writing articles. But I just don't like to take my health advice from extremely badly written articles. (laughs) I think that is a very good point. And again, I think a robot wrote this article because it's a lot of SEO and buzzwords and word salad with like no real like meat at all. I don't know. I want to read the last paragraph. It's just two sentences. This is how the whole thing ends. It is crucial to stress that the nutrient deficiencies common to most autistic children can each have dire negative effects that produce new deficiencies. Imagine how that can be too taxing for an afflicted child. And it's and it's over. That's the end. I'm very confused. <laughs> it is so weird. I, it, it, I, it's definitely using a lot of like buzzwords. Like afflicted child, children grappling with this. Like that's that's usually a red flag when they're using very dramatic sensational language like that while talking about health claims for autistic kids just like if if you start to make it sound kind of sensationalized I'm not saying that autistic kids can't have struggles but whenever it starts to feel like they're purposely upping the drama that is never a good sign (laughs) excellent point it says right here It is because some of these products are not just formulated with vitamin E, but also exclusively blends high refined marine lipids with omega-3 fatty acids. Is that just like a really dramatic way to say fish oil? Highly refined marine lipids? And then it says going on talking about it, uh, like a couple lines down, commonly found in nutrient rich fish like salmon and mackerel. I don't... Roberta, I feel like we're genuinely wasting our time with this article because it's just so bad. There's only so much we can say about it. Right. But like the problem is like someone is going to Google and find this and go, oh, Herbalife is the answer and and not think 
about any of the points we made about, okay, spelling and grammar aside, why wasn't this proofread? And why was that missed by someone whose job it is to check spelling and grammar, right? A proofreader yeah. should not miss those things. Maybe the person that's writing the article, sure. But like, there's so many red flags in this. So that's another really good thing. It's like when you are on the internet at two o'clock in the morning, because you're stressed about something and you're thinking, I got to Google it. And you come across this. It's also really important to read this and understand what the red flags are. There, there's no need for all of this superfluous adjectives for, for very common things. It's a huge red flag. Yeah. One or two red flags isn't always a big deal, but there's enough in this article that you're just like, something is really off here. Okay. So the next link is a link to a PDF that is a picture of a Facebook post about autism and melaleuca. Well, Roberta, um, do you want to, do you want to do a dramatic reading of this one? <laughs> we can do like a like a little radio show <laughs> okay so this below information this woman says that she found all of this from the mother of a child with autism so you know it's true you know oh, it's i thought it was her right own child oh no it says i found the below information from the mother <laughs> of a child with autism i hope this information is helpful to you number one okay oh this get is very rid of all the toxins in your home the most important one get rid of them i cannot stress how important this is convert your home to melaleuca's ecosense products it goes on to say these kids have a very very low tolerance to chemicals and it affects their behavior and i just want to say i have never heard that it could be true but i have never heard that autistics are more sensitive to chemicals we do tend to have more sensitive senses in general, that's why I wear noise canceling headphones in public, and it has made a dramatic, dramatic difference in my life. I wish I had them when I was a kid. When I first put in my noise canceling headphones, I literally sobbed because I realized just how much of my life I had been wasting all my brain power trying to filter out noises. So, like, it's it's very true that autistics tend to have lower tolerance to certain input, but I have never once heard that it's like chemicals that we can't handle can't handle a lot of noises or smells but i've never been like you know what's really causing me problems today windex <laughs> i could be wrong you know maybe there's studies out there i don't know about <laughs> i've never been just say, like cleaning the bathroom and i'm like oh no this is turning up my autism <laughs> it goes on to say that their behavior is very unpredictable at any age and so getting rid of the poisonous household products but will reduce the stress load in your lives that's where the stress of being autistic is is in not having toxin free chemical free everything free free and clear melaleuca cleaners yeah no that's i can't even say sarcasm with a straight face it's definitely gonna solve all your problems um also, autistic behavior is a lot less unpredictable if you actually understand autism. You know, I've, my relationships with people have drastically improved since I've been diagnosed because I can explain what I'm feeling. I just assumed everyone felt the same way as me, and they all assumed that I felt the exact same way as them. And when I can actually put into words how I feel and why, I'm a lot less unpredictable because they actually know what's going on inside my head. Just if you are having trouble 
with an unpredictable autistic person in your life, I would encourage you to learn more about autism. It might make your life a lot better and your relationship a lot healthier. I don't think the first thing on your list needs to be throwing away your scrubbing bubbles. Probably not. <laughs> like, oh no, I my mean, autistic real, kid right? is upset all the time. <laughs> Punts the Dawn dish soap out the window. <laughs> right? Like you will have to tear the Dawn power spray out of my dead hands. I'm not giving it up. Sorry. <laughs> Once again, I could be wrong. Um, there could be articles and scientific studies out there about autistic kids with uh, chemicals that absolutely could be true. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would be surprised if it were at a really high level to the point where autistics drastically improve in their mental health and quality of life because you got rid of your Windex. It, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's true. I would be surprised if it were a drastic world changing difference. I mean, it goes on to say here, as I was just sort of reading this, um, it says there are many clinical trials that have reported using fish oil supplements, like, you know, uh, highly refined marine lipids <laughs> for children with autism or Asperger's syndrome. Is Asperger's even considered or is it all just, I mean, so I just Hans Asperger was the Nazi scientist who decided which autistics would go to the gas chambers to be exterminated with the Jews and which ones were good enough to live and serve the Nazi empire for yeah. that reason so and we're not others call that ever again okay <laughs> really um Asperger syndrome and a lot of functioning labels in general high functioning low functioning it's all based on how well you blend in with society Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Thank you. 
in college, I was suicidal constantly. I was very, very upset. It was to the point where I was literally blacking out on my way to classes. I could see my vision narrowing into a dot in the center of my eyes because I was so stressed and I had to take all of my brain power to appear normal because I had just the way I'd grown up, the way I understood the world is everything will be okay as long as you can act normal. So I applied so much of my brain power to seeming normal. Literally the first thought in my brain every day when I woke up for huge periods of time was I want to end my own life. It was that bad that it was literally the first thought in my brain every day. I physically shook as I walked to class. I, I was worried that I was literally going to lose my mind and I was under so much stress and I wasn't diagnosed as autistic yet but people would look at me and then look at someone else who is happy healthy thriving in a committed marriage with lots of happy kids or one kid I don't it doesn't matter how many kids they have but is a non-speaking autistic and they would say oh Alora, you're high functioning they're low functioning and the only difference is that person uses sign language or a computer or even pencil and paper to communicate, but they're happy, healthy, emotionally stable, having good relationships. And I'm over here like sobbing so loudly, my entire dorm floor can hear me and I physically can't make myself stop. <laughs> right. So who's really the high functioning one in this instance, right? Yeah. Like, what so a, I'm, wow. I'm not saying that more autistic, some autistics don't have more problems than others. There's absolutely something to be said for saying this person needs more help than someone else. The more progressive way to say that is to say they have higher support needs or lower support needs just based on how much help they need in their day-to-day -day life. But the idea that autistics are in this hierarchy of who's more capable is very, very much impacted by just how well we blend in. It's just not a very practical system and it causes a lot of problems because people who are labeled lower functioning are deprived of their identity. They're essentially told like, oh, well, you're not like a full person. You need so much help. You don't know what you need in life. You don't get independence. Just because they cannot do certain tasks on their own, they're thought of as not being capable of living their own lives. And then higher functioning people like me, I put that in air quotes, higher functioning, um, would be deprived of help that we actually need. So we're super struggling. So I just encourage people to not read too much into how well an autistic person blends in, because that is incredibly subjective to just your experience with them and to how comfortable they feel around you. That's just all a very long tangent to say Asperger's has now been incorporated into autism. If you had an Asperger's diagnosis, you're autistic. If you're autistic, you're autistic. That diagnosis because of the Nazi thing and the uh, because of the Nazi started. thing is all you because need to say. Because of the Nazi thing and um, and more progressive thinking about functioning labels like higher and lower functioning. That is now just autism. And it can be a red flag when people insist on using the term Asperger's. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean anything bad, but if it's with a lot of other red flags, that might be something to look out for because it indicates that they're not necessarily super up to date on the actual DSM qualifications for um, how to yeah. diagnose. That's, I mean, that's even just a really great 
little red flag that people might not know, like if the person that you're dealing with in getting your diagnosis is using this term, it would be considered a red flag in the professional space because that that term just is not used anymore. To me, it would be. But there's a lot of people who are like, I think it's really important what you say about masking, because that's something yeah. that a lot of us do, even if we're not autistic. Um, as mm-hmm. someone with neurodivergency and ADHD, I mask all the time. <laughs> yeah. Can't tell you how many times people have been like, wow, you're really hyper. Wow, you're so energetic. Wow, I don't know how I have so much energy. Oh, yeah. like, are you on something to the point where you're just like, you know what? I'm just not going to smile and say hi, or I'm just not going to yeah. talk to people, or I'm just going to just be chill or whatever it is, because having to answer all of those questions for just like, why are you like that? I'm like, I was born this way is, is, <laughs> is too much that I'm just like, oh, hello, good morning. <laughs> It's just easier. And that's masking. Um, and there are definitely people in my life where I can be myself 100% Yeah. But unfortunately, for those of us who, like you said, have different brains that are outside of societal norms, masking is a very normal thing that we have to do. Yeah, it's just it is difficult to talk about autism without going on all these tangents that at the end of the day, always come back to like, The world is mean to people who are different. And we all kind of know that already. It's kind of sad sometimes talking about this stuff. It's depressing. (laughs) That's why we throw in the jokes. That's why the comedy is here, right? Because if we don't laugh, we cry. It's a very real thing. So here's something else that I want to sort of highlight on this ridiculous Melaleuca thing. And then we can go on to some of these other posts um, and talk about LuLaRoe and their ableism as well. But Uh, It says right here, parents of autistic children are looking for a better quality of life for their child. All right. Listen to all the dog whistles and tell me how many of these things just it's, it's wild. Okay. So they are looking for a better quality of life for their child, but who isn't whom they love and adore just like any other child. I mean, why do you even need to say that? That's true. It's kind of a weird way to phrase it, but put in there, I mean, I give people a lot of credit for phrasing things weirdly. I think it's true. You you should love your autistic kid just as much as any other kid. That's a fine sentence. It gets a little (laughs) weirder after that. (laughs) If you know someone who's touched by autism, please take the time to introduce them to Melaleuca. (laughs) They will thank you. I promise you that. Oh my goodness. People really hate to say the word autistic because they're so convinced it's shameful that they come up with all these euphemisms. They're so amazing in a comedy sense. Touched by autism. (laughs) Your kid comes home from school with a weird bruise. Oh no, they were touched by the autism. What are we going to do? I told the school to build a fence so the autism can't get in. I'm pretty sure there's an oil for that. (laughs) Like that old 80s show, Touched by an Angel. It's just an autism walking around the United States, touching people as necessary. You look like you could use some autism in your life. (laughs) Be blessed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when people talk about autism awareness and they really lean into that phrase, you know, I understand just 
awareness is a phrase we use whenever we're trying to talk about something people don't know a lot about. But sometimes they really lean into that phrase, like we have to spread awareness of the autism. You should always be aware of the, it makes me feel like the autism is gonna sneak up on you. Like, don't look under your bed. There's an autism down there. Be aware. Be aware. The autism is everywhere. They're hiding in the vents of your home. <laughs> Steam oh the autism God. with essential oils. They can't stand the smell. That's the oh worst my part. goodness. I saw someone post on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. I wish I could cry with them. I don't remember. They said that whenever they see people talking about fundraising for autism with a fun run, like an autism fun run, that they think it's like in their head, they get this image of at the end of the run, you get a little autism as a treat. <laughs> I wish I could credit them because that's such a good tweet. Like, we're all going to run and when you get to the finish line you get just like a little sample size of autism it can be autistic for the afternoon <laughs> i mean yeah. we joke and we laugh but it's it's real and the ableism with neurodivergencies and autism is is wild it's really it wild and you know Every, every day I learn a little bit more and we try to be better. You know, it's okay. If you're listening to this going, oh my gosh, I kind of do some of these things. We learn, we get better. We don't make the same mistakes and we grow and that's okay. And, and that's, that's the point of having these conversations and, and talking to people like Laura and saying, come talk to me about this because I'm not the expert and I want to dive more into this conversation and, and have a conversation with you. And I, I think it's, it's really important to have these. And that's, I mean, one of the reasons that I love doing this show and meeting people like you to be able to have these sort of conversations. Mm -hmm. So you shared some testimonials in this link here says classic format before and after testimonials telling how the MLM changed everything with just a touch of autism thrown in this time. We have two examples. One is from a beach body coach and one is from a Primerica rep. So we're going to talk about these right now and sort of show you how um, the MLMs are targeting the parents of autistic children. So you've talked a lot before about how you're encouraged at an MLM to explain how it changed everything and how you were like on food stamps, living on the street. You couldn't afford housing. So you had to live in a cave under a volcano. You didn't have shoes. You didn't have a shirt. You had to just wrap fig leaves around yourself and beg on the street corners. And then Mr. Scrooge would come by and say, bah humbug, and you'd freeze to death with your little matches. <laughs> and, then you're, and then the MLM came along and now you have a home, you have love, you have purpose, and also you have a neon pink Mercedes. <laughs> okay, so that's like the classic format. MLMs do this all the time. Even if it's not entirely true, you are encouraged to make it out that the MLM changed everything for you. And when your kid is autistic, you gotta admit that's a prime opportunity. I'm not saying that's ethical, but from an MLM perspective, that's just gold. Your child is disabled? That's even better than a puppy with a wheelchair. Oh my goodness. I'm saying that sarcastically. We shouldn't treat disabled people as tokens. I'm just saying the way people market things, 
when you do use things as tokens, it's usually disabled kids or disabled pets. Usually one of two. But seriously, don't use things as tokens. I hope that joke didn't come across as offensive. I don't think it did. did. (laughs) (laughs) On this Beachbody story, there's a little part that says, the moment our lives changed, DJ's autism diagnosis. And the very, I mean, I was offended reading this. It says... (laughs) DJ was the perfect little boy is literally the first sentence underneath this hitting all milestones, chatting up a storm, even walking before he was one. But around 16 months, he changed. He went silent. He was gone. And when the doctor said, mom, I am going to have to diagnose your son with autism. My life, our life crumbled. In an instant, I saw every hope and dream for his life vanish. I feel like for a first impression, that's not offensive. Because like, I feel like in your mind, you kind of just want your child, even if you don't want like a quote unquote perfect child, you kind of want your kid to have a perfect life. You want your kid to be a natural athlete who scores the winning touchdown, finds true love easily and never gets their heart broken, gets rich conveniently quickly, never ever gets sick or even sprains. You want your kid to have a blessed life just touched by an angel. But then when your child is touched by the autism, (laughs) and you know what, I'm not a parent, but I'm guessing that a lot of parents whether their kid is autistic or not, do kind of have that moment where they're like, oh, my kid isn't going to have a perfect, happy life. They're going to suffer a lot. Oh, no. (laughs) I shouldn't be giggling. But I'm just having too much fun with you, Roberta. So what I'm saying is I think for a first impression, no one should feel guilty for feeling a lot of feelings when your kid gets an autism diagnosis. But it does very much strike me as a red flag when years later, you're talking about them like this. He was perfect. Then he changed. He was gone. Our life crumbled. I saw every hope and dream for his life vanish. It does strike me as a red flag. It makes perfect sense to be devastated when life doesn't go according to plan. Just because you have plans, even though I don't think autism is a bad thing, I perfectly understand that it will throw a wrench in your preconceived notions of a perfect life. But it does very much rub me the wrong way when parents talk about this years later in this sort of wording. I don't know. (laughs) Well, let me continue and you'll see. You see, up to this point in my life, I hadn't really suffered any real adversity. Yes, I worked incredibly hard for all of my accomplishments, but success came almost naturally. I don't have that quote unquote, rags to riches story that you hear too often in each body. You're just admitting it. (laughs) I I mean, she's like, I never experienced anything bad. I'm super privileged. I literally, everything has always gone my way very easily my whole entire life. Um, You got to respect the honesty. (laughs) Right. Very honest, a little self-awareness, but also a little not. And then um, the, I don't have that rags to riches story you hear too often in Beachbody. That's the red flag sentence for me is she's claiming that the rags to riches story is often, which we know statistically it is few and far between. Yeah. 
I mean, this article, which I mean, we'll we'll move on, but this article goes on to say that this woman who is the beach body coach used to be a lawyer, but after the diagnosis, could no longer see herself as a lawyer um, and could only see herself as a mom, which I totally understand. But then she says that it is with 100% conviction that she credits becoming a beach body coach and all of her personal development because of that. So I don't like giving all of the credit to Beachbody because I know that this woman as a mother of a child with autism went through some heavy shit and probably battled a lot of things. It's heartbreaking to me that the decision she came to was Beachbody. And then the further decision there is to use that diagnosis and one of the lowest and probably hardest parts in her life to then prey upon and rope others who feel the same way. And then she gave up practicing law. If you are so privileged to be able to have an incredibly high paying job and be able to quit and and bring it home and all of this stuff, that's fantastic, right? But she credits like Beachbody for being able to do that. And and the problem here is that she's got a massive team. She is very, very, very high up Beachbody coach, very high up uh, with almost 60,000 followers on Instagram. So yeah. Oh, that's a lot for an MLM person. Yeah. And uh, her bio says, former attorney, now lifestyle mentor and business coach, raise the bar and a glass of wine, wife plus mom plus speaker plus home fitness plus owner. So yeah, she's a high up one. Um, And I guarantee you that people joined her team because of the autism connection. I guarantee it. I don't have any proof other than years of extensive research and doing this and talking to people, but I guarantee it. You know, near the end of the article is a great opportunity for us to talk about something that in the disability community, (laughs) I'm serious about this word. This is literally what it's called. It's called inspiration porn. Inspiration porn is inspirational stories that essentially dehumanize both the disabled people in the story and you as a non-disabled person listening to the story. Let me give you an example. If you are watching TV and a Paralympic athlete comes on and they're like, wow, you're so inspirational because you work so hard. That's not an inspiration for That's just a good athlete getting credit for their athletics. But if they show a clip of a Paralympic athlete and then they give a message that uh, very sweetly, gently boils down to look at everything he's accomplished without feet and you are still not a prime athlete even with your feet what is wrong with you you can do anything his life is so hard without feet but you've got feet so you have no excuses to ever have a problem ever that's inspiration porn. It's supposed to make you feel good. Like, wow, I'm so inspired. I can do anything, but that's just the top layer. Cause underneath what it's really saying is this disabled person's accomplishments don't count or alternatively, they make something out to be an accomplishment that isn't like this person is happy, even though they're disabled, it would be so easy for them to be a miserable little lump on a bump for the rest of their life and just wallow in misery, just lie down in the gutter and be depressed forever. But instead, they sometimes smile. Therefore, your problems don't count and you have to be happy all the time. It disrespects the disabled person by making their accomplishments out to be lesser, just like, wow, they did this even though they're so weak and pathetic. And and it lessens 
the respect you're supposed to have for them as a person, like it, it treats it like you're supposed to be, wow, that person is so amazing. And I look up to them and respect them. But really, that's just the top layer, because underneath, you're supposed to say, I'm a failure for not being like them. And also, they're a failure. They overcame their natural failure. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Because when I see posts like that, I'm like, I do have feet. They're right. <laughs> Like that's so disrespectful to actual athletes though, who have worked extremely hard to represent their country before the entire world. And you're like, wow, they managed to have some sort of success, even though they're weak and pathetic. Every, like it would be easy for a normal person to do that. And you're normal. So therefore your problems aren't real and your pain is your own fault. <laughs> like, right? Just, As if I could just stand up from the couch, brush the popcorn off my shirt and like <laughs> win a marathon Yeah, today. Like, I'm like, I can do this. Don't even worry dude, about that. I have to. That random hypothetical footless man worked really hard for probably decades to become one of the top athletes in the world, period. End stop. The fact that someone's an amputee does not make them any less of a powerful athlete. At the bottom, we see a prime example of inspiration porn. It says... And hey, you can change. And let me tell you, if our DJ can battle through every day to do things normal kids take for granted, you can work out for 30 minutes a day. <laughs> That's not how logic works, my friend. Oh my God. I'm autistic and I'm a very articulate person when I need to be, okay? A lot of autistics struggle with communication, verbal communication. I do have times when I go non-speaking. A lot of autistics, when they get really stressed, their brain just like does not allow them to talk. It's very difficult, especially if you like giving testimony as like a witness in a court case. That's a side note, but it has happened and it is very problematic. People need to understand that when an autistic stops talking, doesn't necessarily mean they want to stop talking. Sometimes you get stressed and your brain is just like, you know what part of our brain we don't need right now that we can just shut down for the season? Definitely the part with words. <laughs> there are a lot of autistics who don't talk verbally at all. Like, and they talk other ways. Then there's some of us who will sometimes talk out loud very well and sometimes not so well. I almost never go non-speaking. I can think of one time in my life when I went fully non-speaking. Like I could not have gotten any words out if I tried. Like I desperately tried to speak and I could not get a word out. But I do get like partially to that point all the time. Usually more, I just slow down talking. So if I'm partially non-speaking, I'll be like, well, the thing, what, what's the thing? <laughs> I can still get words out. What I'm trying to say is that I speak for a living. I'm a comedian. And it would be vastly disrespectful to me as a person if you said, Alora Dodd is autistic and she still manages to talk as a job. Therefore, you can be really good at public speaking. <laughs> like, I would be deeply offended by that. You're taking my successes and using them to make other people feel very bummed out about themselves on a personal level. That's so disrespectful to all the hard work I've put in to be good at my job. I didn't just become like this overnight. I worked very hard. 
I also coincidentally went through a phase in middle school where I kind of had sort of a special interest in Shakespeare. And I read a lot of Shakespeare nonstop for hours at a time because I was lonely. I think that has a lot to do with my ability to communicate now. <laughs> you are very loquacious. I love it. Another one of the articles that we found was very similar to Beachbody. So we don't really have to go through it. It was the same thing, right? Like overcoming all these obstacles, including having a child that's autistic and then being a part of this MLM and we're going to praise you for it. But the very end, the last paragraph in this article, mind you, this is on askprimerica.com. Okay. So it's like an affiliated website. Scott says he's not the poster boy for Primerica business opportunity. He hasn't grown a big business or made all of the money he'd hoped to make dot, dot, dot yet. And, and I'm just like, what? And then it says, Scott couldn't be more wrong. His is the primerica story because of this company. He is able to spend his precious time with his children, et cetera, et cetera. And then it says, Scott is exactly what Primerica is all about. He's a survivor and he's a Primerican and they salute him. And it's just, again, it's just this rhetoric. Primerica has nothing to do with any of this family's success, ups, downs, or anything. The fact that they are co-opting it and trying to give themselves credit, like, look how great we are. We gave Scott the ability to spend time with his children. Oh, you know what, Primerica? I'm pretty sure Scott could have spent time with his children without your permission. But thanks so much. I think that what makes a lot of this rhetoric of MLMs being this subtle cure for autism, kind of how they're marketing it, is there's this little cure for it. There is no cure for autism. And I would argue from my personal perspective that we don't need a cure. We need ways to help with individual problems autistics face. Like there are definitely aspects of autism that you need ways to resolve, but I don't think that autistics are just born needing to be just like everyone else. But a lot of MLMs kind of subtly send the message that they are the cure, that they're going to fix everything for you. And I think what makes it so insidious is that they've got a lot of good things, like staying home with your kid who might have trouble being alone or being in daycare or something. That's a good thing. But you don't need to join a pyramid scheme to stay home with your kid. Making extra cash so you can pay for therapy and stuff. That's a good thing. You don't need to join a pyramid scheme to pay for therapy. This is like a tasting sample from what's on the internet. And, and literally, like we did it like two days ago, like we gathered information yeah. very quickly with very little difficulty at all. You know, and another one of these things where we're talking about the cure, right? The cure for whatever it is. A lot of these MLMs are coming at you with, hey, this business opportunity is going to be the cure for your issues. Being a parent of a like child of autism. <laughs> the other side of this cure, right, are the products. And I think I see the most of this, like like predatory stuff with the essential oil companies. I'll see them sometimes with like nutrition, like with beach body, like, oh, get on our shake or whatever. But for the most part, like, and a lot of the examples that you showed us, and then I did the math because this is where like the scam comes in, are these essential oil companies. We've talked about them a million times. We have a ton of episodes on Young Living and doTERRA and, and the way that these companies operate. But the fact that they are co-opting and, and we even talked about holistic medicine and alternative medicine. There, there's no shade here. 
I always say, you know, do what works for you as long as you're not harming yourself or others. But here's the thing is like, one, they're taking possibly home remedies that have worked and they're adding the monetary value to it, right? Like, and the essential oils from the MLM companies are more expensive than any other essential oil out there. So I don't want to say don't use essential oils if they work for you or whatever. We're just trying to get people away from the scam aspect of it. It's it's very interesting how these graphics are created. Uh, it's very obvious that it's doTERRA or Young Living. It's not made from the company. Like Young Living didn't make this. A rep made this. So Young Living can't get in trouble. That's how they, you know, stay compliant. But it's very obvious that this person is trying to prey upon people that deal with autism, whether it's themselves or people in their family. This Instagram post, oils for autism, where it's got all these different oils <laughs> and all of the things they can do for you that would help certain symptoms of autism. Um, and then there's one down a little farther that says ADD or ADHD again with the oils. And then there's another down here with the sensory processing disorder oil blend that you can make for your do child. You, do you know what sensory processing disorder is? I, I'm aware of it, but you're the expert. Will you describe to us what that means so that we get it correct the first time? Autistics are like automatically considered having a sensory processing disorder. I know that I do. Like it's, I think you can have a sensory processing disorder and not be autistic. I don't know. Look in the DSM-5. So when you have sensory processing issues, let's put it that way. When you have sensory processing issues, your brain has trouble making sense of all the information that is coming into your brain. Now, for me as an autistic, for me personally, that looks like my sense of hearing being alert enough that I hear sounds other people don't notice. For example, let me tell you what sort of information my brain would be taking in if I were sitting down at a restaurant to eat with my family. Okay. I would hear all the chairs squeaking on the floor as the bottom of the chair gets pushed into the table or pulled out from the table. I hear people talking in the kitchen. I hear silverware on plates through the entire restaurant echoing back to me. I hear voices through the entire restaurant echoing back to me. I hear footsteps. I hear food sizzle. I hear it squish. I hear the people next to me chewing. I smell like 70 different ingredients. I smell the perfume of the lady two tables down. I smell just the scent of my shirt and the laundry detergent that was used for it. I smell the bubbles. <laughs> you know, when you put your nose over something carbonated, like yes. I go to soda and it's just like, it's like sense of smell. Now with a little sense of touch added in, <laughs> the carbonation bubbles just give you a little zing in your nose. I feel the chair underneath me. And I might feel if there's individual pieces of wood used for that chair, not just one piece for the entire seat. I feel those individual pieces very gently pinching the hairs on my leg. I feel it stick to the chair. I feel the feeling of my own hair on my face and need to pull it back. I feel the tablecloth. Maybe it's kind of a plasticky tablecloth and it's sticking to my fingers. I could go on and on. I'm only halfway through the things on the top of my head that I feel. I haven't even gotten to what I taste. I haven't even gotten to the temperature. I haven't even gotten to what I see. 
when I am dealing with sensory processing issues, the solution is usually to cut back on the sensory input and then I'm fine. My brain can only handle so much because it takes in more. I notice things other people don't notice. This isn't a bad thing. I can be out in a rainstorm and I literally get chills all over my body and I am filled with quite literally euphoria. I call it sensory euphoria. It's the opposite of sensory overload. It's when everything that you are experiencing aligns perfectly to give you that sense of joy. And I don't think you have to be autistic to, to feel that. I think that just because autistics have such lower threshold for noticing things and being alert to the world around us in that sense, just because of our alert senses putting us into overload so easily, I think that we find sensory euphoria in places that other people might not. You might get that feeling in a hot tub. You're just like, this is the perfect moment. And everything I feel and hear and smell all aligns perfectly to make me feel good. And we might get that just jumping in a puddle. This is one of the many reasons I'm really glad to be autistic because I get to experience the world in a way other people don't. And it feels like this special VIP pass. And I really like that. I love how, how I, you put that. Like that. It, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Roberta. Back to the issue at hand. If I am overloaded with too much sensory information, the last thing I want is a really stinky oil. <laughs> Literally the worst thing. That would be like saying, wow, you've got a headache from all the bright lights. Why don't you step outside and stare at the sun? <laughs> <laughs> Not going to work. So this recipe that is floating around uh, on the internet, it says sensory processing disorder, blend in a roller bottle, apply on the bottom of feet right after showering. Here's the recipe. <laughs> 18 <laughs> drops of vetiver, 10 drops of ylang ylang, seven drops of frankincense, five drops of clary sage, three drops of marjoram, and only 12 drops of a carrier oil. I feel like you need more carrier oil in this, but I, I, we're going to go off the recipe. Uh, and so what I did, because this is a Young Living recipe, I went ahead and figured out how much, if you wanted to make this yourself, how much it would cost you to buy all of those bottles and the carrier oil, um, not only as a wholesale member, which is part of the cult, but also the retail cost. And so... The wholesale cost of making this on your own at home, $275.75. The retail cost, if you're not a member and you just want to buy it at the retail price, $362.77. That's a huge chunk of what my headphones cost. And I wear those literally all day, every day. They're more important than my glasses. My noise canceling headphones make a, a great impact in my life. And I will gladly go a day without putting in contacts if I'm not going anywhere just to give my eyes a rest because they get tired. I won't go a day without my noise canceling headphones. And those cost $500. I guarantee you, your money is better spent elsewhere. I get like for $362.77, that's most of what it costs to get this pair of headphones imported from Australia and Jesus every Christ. single day for hours and hours at a time. And they also have Bluetooth. 
I, you, mm. if I'm dealing with sensory processing issues, I need to cut a little bit of the sensory impact out. I do not need an extremely stinky oil sweaty and sticky on the bottoms of my feet as I walk around the house like a little puddle of sweat that smells like potpourri just following me around the house if that works for you you know just that's great because I know that autistics need to stim too stimming is any sort of intentional sensory input you might see us like you know, the stereotypical ones are rocking back and forth or flapping your hands. It can also be more normal things like biting your nails or pacing. Everyone stims. Everyone's had a time when they're writing a paper and they're just so overwhelmed they got to take a lap around the house because they just they just got to pace. That's stimming. You, you're so overwhelmed. You, your body helps you deal with all that you're feeling and clear your head with a little bit of movement. And smelling something can be a good stim. If you're overwhelmed and you need something to ground you, you know, taking a whiff of a strong smell can help some people. That's great. I've had times when I do that. If I'm really stressed and I have some chapstick in my bag, sometimes I'll just sniff the chapstick. Is it weird? Yeah, I don't care. Chapstick tends to smell kind of good. <laughs> yeah, for real. There's another one a little farther down that is another graphic and it is the 10 best essential oils for autism i do not believe this is linked to any company it just says like autism parenting magazine.com or something but again yeah. when people see this they get autism parenting magazine and they go oh here's something we haven't tried seems pretty innocuous i would like to try this why not i go down this laundry list it, you know, it says this one's good for this and this one's good for that. And you might pick one or two out, right? You might go, oh, you know what? We're going to try this. Then what happens is you head to Facebook because you don't know anything about essential oils and you go, where do I get essential oils? And then you're inundated with all of the Young Living and the doTERRA and anybody who sells essential oils. And you're like, oh, I just want to help out my friend, right? And the cycle starts all over again. So I took these oils and I priced them out and we're going to compare the Young Living price, and this is the whole, this is like the regular price, not the member price. The retail price of Young Living oils, all 10 of these oils, compared to Revive, which is a regular old non-MLM oil company that I recommend. I've never tried it, but they are anti-MLM. They talk very much about how they are not an MLM. There's an even tab on their website that explains how they're not an MLM and why and what the MLM does and why it costs more and this whole thing. They're really, really great. And so if you are looking to move out of MLM essential oils and into this they even have compared to MLM and they've got all the blends and everything so that you can very easily get the things that you like at a much lower price point. Let me tell you, frankincense, young living retail, $111.51 revive oils, $18. Why there needs to be almost a $90 difference is beyond me. Okay. Vetiver 31 25 versus $17. Sandalwood, 147.37 versus 60. Cedarwood, 17.11 versus eight. We've got Lavender. Young Living sells it for 35.86. Revive sells it for $9. Mandarin, which I couldn't find a Mandarin blend for Young Living, but they did have citrus blend. And that was 23.36. 
uh, a citrus blend from from Revive is twelve dollars. Peppermint thirty two fifty seven versus seven dollars. Ylang Ylang sixty two seventeen versus fifteen dollars. Bergamot forty seventy nine versus eleven dollars. And chamomile sixty dollars and eighty six cents versus thirty dollars for a grand total of five hundred and sixty two dollars and eighty five cents versus. $187 for the same exact thing. And the only difference here is that Young Living is a 15 milliliter bottle and Revive is a 10 milliliter bottle. But I feel like at those prices, like you're still saving an insane amount of money. If essential oils is something that you're like, but these work for us. It's mm -hmm. not about the MLM. If you look on the document, I just did the math and adjusted the revive for volume. So since Young Living bottles are one and a half times larger than revive bottles, I just multiplied the $187 that the revive bottles cost by 1.5 and we get $280.50, which is just under half of what the Young Living bottles cost. So even if they were the same size, you would end up paying more than double for the Young Living over the Revive. I see, I saw so many comments because I went on Revive's website and they have testimonials and I was reading the comments and it were people that were like, I only joined Young Living for the discount and your prices are even cheaper than the discount that I get. You know, there's nothing different. This is so much better. I like these better. I like this more. Like they're converting people left and right. If you are still, here's the other thing. Oils do go rancid and not always can you use the whole bottle. So if you are looking to, uh, to replace it or, or to try something else. This is not sponsored in any way. Although revive, I'm not beyond that. I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's great. Right? We got to make some money, Laura, you know. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not against making money uh, in the most ethical way that we can. I mean, obviously there is no ethical consumption in capitalism, but we can be more ethical than not in some instances. Yeah. <laughs> I want to circle back to when we were talking about that sensory processing mix a minute ago. There is a very big difference between giving an autistic kid an opportunity to experience a specific sensory input and forcing them to experience that sensory input all the time. For example, I will play with fidgets. If you told me I had to play with fidgets all the time, that'd be really stressful. <laughs> there are times when I wear sunglasses inside because I need to cut out the extra sensory input, but I don't need to do it all the time essential oils I am sure can help some people with issues you know if shining blue light on a baby can cure jaundice I am certain that there are some oil cures out there that are unlikely but work I don't believe that they're a miracle cure that cause like saves you from everything but I do believe that there's probably some really great things out there you can do with oils but 
forcing your kid to smell really, really strong smelling smells all day is going to be really, really not good for an autistic kid. It's just not. If you're diffusing oils in every single room of your house, and especially if they're these really strong ones like frankincense, you're essentially signing your kid up for a nose rave just all day, every day, just snorting these really strong smells. I do not. Hey, look, I'm not an expert on essential oils. I'm not an expert on noses and I'm not an expert on autism any more than I am just from being autistic. You know, I'm an expert on being a woman because I'm a woman. If I'm an expert because I exist, but I, I haven't done a bunch of like clinical research into autism. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm not an expert in that sense, but so like, you don't have to take my recommendation. I don't have a bunch of qualifications after my name, but I would highly recommend not forcing your autistic kid to smell really strong smells all day long. Cause that sounds, you may not mean it this way, but it's downright mean. That can cause physical pain. If you have too much light shined in your eyes, you can get a headache. If you smell too much, you can get a headache. If you have too much loud noise in your ears, you can get a headache. If you wouldn't play rock music in every room of your house, then probably don't have really strong smells in every room of your house if you have an autistic kid, because that's just not kind. Autistics experience the world dialed up to 11, and that's part of the reason we have all these meltdowns. We have all these breakdowns. We have these moments when we can't function. And a lot of times it's because our brains are trying to take in all this information at once that your brain doesn't have to take in. And so if you think that the solution for your kid being overwhelmed and hurting is to add more information for their brains to take in, you are shooting yourself in the foot. And once again, I'm not saying that your kid might not be helped by specific oils. I'm sure that there are oils out there that might help individual autistic kids. Personally, I'm a big fan of lavender. That's just a great smell and it genuinely makes me feel relaxed. If you just think that the way to fix your autistic kid is to make them have to deal with even more all the time without a chance to escape, it's not kind to your kid and it's just probably not going to be very productive. I, I think that is um, a, a very eye-opening thing to hear. Uh, and I think it's important to be said because I, I don't think... I think sometimes we are so lost in trying to be our child's hero and to fix everything that we can fix that we do push a lot of things on them that they're like, I, I don't want to do this. And, and the forcing is going to cause more problems in the long run to know that they can't trust you to, to keep them safe or, or to have a safe place. Always. We always have to have that, that safe place and to not force things on our children. I, I promise you that these things come back later in life and that we deal with them later in life as adults. And um, just, just love your kids the best way you can. And uh, we're all doing our best. I hope give them, give them the space to say, you know what, mom, not today. Yeah. And, you know, if you really love essential oils, I'm not telling you not to use them in your house. If your kid is autistic, I'm just saying, don't make it so they can't escape the smell. 
there needs to be practical opportunities for your kid not to have to experience those smells. I'm genuinely feeling on edge. Like my, I'm starting to get goosebumps, not in the good way. Just thinking about it. That makes me feel very uncomfortable to imagine a world where I could not escape smells like that. Oh, that's genuinely really stressing me out because that would make me feel anxious all day long. And as a kid, I would not have been able to articulate that because I didn't know I was different from everyone else. And I think even if I knew I was autistic, I wouldn't have had the insight as a child to be able to identify what specifically was causing me these issues. Even as an adult, it's a skill I have to curate, really figuring out why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. And it takes a lot of work because, you know, as a, as a normal kid, you grow up and Dora's teaching you practical life hacks to make your brain work. Your mom, the books of the library, everything. And a lot of those brain hacks just don't work for autistics. Things, things that might be a normal, good idea for other kids just might not make any impact on you. So Autistics grow up fundamentally behind everyone else, even if they're just as smart, just as capable, just as intuitive, because they're not having the entire community circle around them, giving them a thousand and one little ways to make their life easier because it just doesn't work for them. Okay, here's an example. When people say, you got to try that food five times and then you'll know if you don't like it, you know? Always try that food. Autistics have such alert senses that we might be feeling and tasting things in the food that you don't notice. We might be feeling the skin of that fruit squeak against our teeth and feeling the vibrations from the squeaky skin in our jaw. It can be incredibly unpleasant. So if your autistic kid says, I really don't like this food, might not matter how much they try it. It might always be a genuinely gross experience for them. You know, like listening to someone chew right into your ear. That never gets easier. <laughs> it never does. So, so autistic kids grow up being told, oh, this is how you get over disliking a food and it doesn't work for them. And it's the same with many, many other areas of life. Autistic kids grow up without these ways to help themselves. So they rely on people like their parents to help them because they, they don't know. They're, they're just like any other kid. They're waiting to learn how to become an adult, how to figure out life, how to figure out responsibility and time management and heartbreak and first love and all those things that everyone else deals with, but they don't have people who actually understand it, explaining it to them a lot of times. So. Don't be surprised if your autistic kid can't tell you what they're feeling, why they're feeling what they're feeling, or how it's affecting them. Your kid might not even know if they're hungry or tired. They just know that they don't feel good. And there probably are other reasons involved in that. Once again, I'm not a scientist. There might be something in the autistic brain that makes it hard to be introspective. That's Definitely something that's likely it might have already been proven. I don't know. But I do know that autistic kids definitely aren't helped along by society in learning how to express what they're feeling. I know I wasn't, at least. 
It is. It's really interesting that you say that because I am absolutely 100% guilty as a mom for being like, but just try it again. You might like it this time. Although we're on a different schedule and Abby does tell me like, mom, I don't like this. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty good at like not putting ingredients she doesn't like into the food that we eat. But it there is. are definitely things like for me, it was mushrooms because they squeak when I eat them. And I can't get over the fact that they squeak when I eat them and I don't like them. And it didn't matter how they were put or flavored or garlic or buttered or sauteed. It didn't matter because they still squeaked and I couldn't get past that. So I understand that. And I also understand children being like, I just don't like it. And I have loosened that because it was my pediatrician that told me you just have to give it to him seven times and then they'll like it. And I was like, I don't think that's true. And it didn't work. And the other thing that I wanted to say, and again, this is really for people who are listening and want to learn these red flags and how to find them and how to research them. This was something that caught me off guard and I did my own little research and couldn't find anything. One of these graphics that you shared with me at the very bottom, it says, Dr. Friedman recommends young livings, vetiver, cedarwood, and lavender. And I thought, who's Dr. Friedman and where does this person come from? And so I started Googling. So I just started adding to what you were doing. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to look. And I found a couple different things. There was like a study from Dr. Friedman on ADHD on a Facebook post. But again, I couldn't find any links to this doctor. I couldn't find anything. And then there was a book that this doctor wrote, Dr. Friedman, on Amazon. It's $7.22. You can also buy it on Young Living's website for $17.95, which I thought was odd. Um, but I could not find out what type of MD Dr. Friedman is, um, only that there was a study um, on ADHD and essential oils, but it was very biased and it didn't really have any sort of scientific method applied to it whatsoever. Um, and almost every MLM or small essential oil company uses Dr. Friedman and this study to sort of be like, these are great for ADHD because Dr. Friedman did the study. But like, I can't really find, and you'd think if they were a doctor that I'd be able to find them. But the only thing I can find for them is either like MLM essential oil stuff, these graphics or this book that was written. There's no website. There's no even photos. I couldn't find anything. So um, that to me was a really big red flag. It it doesn't really Uh seem like it's real. Their whole name apparently is Dr. Terry Shepard Friedman, MD. Like that's what they're always credited as like on the book and in studies and things. Looks like he passed away. Uh, This website said he ascended, but looks like he passed away in May of 2016. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot for his book, Freedom Through Health. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Like there's nothing that I've been able to find like concrete that I'm like, oh, like here's anything like not even like a school or an accreditation or anything. Um, and that just seems like a red flag for me. Maybe Dr. Dr. Terry Shepard Friedman is a real MD and just isn't on the internet that much. I'm just saying if someone's making groundbreaking research and they're also a ghost, not a good sign not a good sign right that's another point is that this person is doing this groundbreaking study uh with essential oils and adhd yet we can't really find anything aside from the book and the mlm connections you'd think he'd exist (laughs) online 
Yeah. And so like that sort of stuff just is a very red flaggy red flag to me. So even like searching the sources on people's things and going, is this even a source? Is this even a person? The only, the only source I can find is that this person wrote a book. I don't want to get sued here, but that is highly suspicious. (laughs) Let's, this raises my eyebrows in a non-specified way. (laughs) This makes concerned and i will not elaborate (laughs) i don't want to get sued but i just want to say what (laughs) okay so as we wrap this up there was one thing that i really wanted to talk to you about there's something i see all the time in mlm and that is co-opting autism and mlm fundraisers and usually the charity that is in question is autism speaks a lot of the times yeah um although i've seen quite a few others in this research there's no sweet way to put it autism speaks is a hate group it just is if you don't believe me go onto youtube right now pause the podcast type in i am autism autism speaks commercial it's from like 2008 it's some of the most fear-mongering horrifying messaging i've ever heard in fact i've spent enough time listening to this because it does impact our community and i did make some memes parroting it (sighs) i did make some memes parroting it i can recite the beginning for you okay so it's like really creepy you know when there's those noises that you can half hear and not hear at the same time like in a horror movie you're like i'm not sure what i'm hearing it sounds like fear like (laughs) that it starts with those sounds and then this voice which sounds like batman's father probably just comes on and goes i am autism I am visible in your children, but I am invisible to you until it's too late. (laughs) And it goes on. I don't remember every bit, but it goes on. It says, I work faster than cancer, pediatric AIDS, diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) I speak your language. And with every language I acquire, I take another voice away or something like that. It says... And if you are in a happy marriage, I will make sure your marriage fails. What? <laughs> they put this on actual television. Like, it goes on. It's like a three-minute commercial. And that's how they are. That's, that really sums up the entire company. They, their whole message is autism is terrible. We got to fix them. And not in a positive way at all. It's all about making you terrified of autistic children. Um, From what I have heard, they are very financially irresponsible with your donations as well. However, I do not currently have sources in my list of sources. I kind of have a list of sources I'm building up about autism so I can prove things to people. I do not currently have an article in my resources about Autism Speaks financial um, improprieties. But I've heard many, many times that there are a lot of them. That's just hearsay. A legend. A legend. Got to put that word in there. But I believe it is out there if you just like Google it. Autism Speak (laughs) is all about making everyone terrified 
of autism and trying to force autistic kids to be quote unquote normal, which as I discussed in the whole my college experience portion of this, trying to force yourself to be normal and blend in, we call it autistic masking. It is very damaging to a person. If you've ever worked a customer service job, you know what it's like to have a whole customer service persona. You move differently, talk differently, refer to people differently. Your voice might be an octave higher. You might be normally someone who goes, hey guys, what's up? But at your customer service desk, you say, hello, how may I help you? I hope you're having a splendid day. You're a completely different person because everything is fine-tuned to not make people mad at you. That's what autistics do every day. And when you raise your kid to live like that, you're depriving them of their own sense of self. It's like the person they are is a stranger. When I first got diagnosed with autism, it was like I knew who I was, but not anywhere near as much as I know who I am now. I just did not understand myself, know who I was, what I needed, or what even happened to me in my life. Autism Speaks is one of many groups that really wants to just make autistic kids normal through pressure, through training. There's this thing called ABA, Applied Behavioral Analysis, which is essentially dog training for autistic kids. Now, that's a very complicated subject. Not everyone who calls themselves an ABA therapist does it in the same way Insurance companies sometimes will only pay for ABA therapy. So there are people who might call themselves ABA therapists, even though they don't practice traditional ABA. The point is, Autism Speaks does not respect autistics as individuals, and it spreads fear and panic about them. And allegedly, from what I have heard, uses that fear and panic for their own financial gain. It, it, it's not... It's not a company I would recommend anyone support ever at all for any reason. It, it, it's wild to me because so many MLMs will latch on to that charity for some reason, probably because it's so big. It's got the puzzle piece. Uh, it's well-recognized. They, they do pretty good uh, with their marketing. And the picture that you shared here, and I'm actually going to read your alt text because I think it's perfect. It says a stuffed butterfly human hybrid creature <laughs> sits <laughs> next to a wax melt warmer with a big blue puzzle piece on each side of it. The Autism Speaks logo is above the warmer in the image, along with the tagline, it's time to listen, so which ironic. I find so ironic. <laughs> For so many years, Autism Speaks did not have like any autistic people on their board of directors. It was all just normies trying to decide what autistic people need. <laughs> I think now they have like a couple out of many. <laughs> They're like, it's time to listen to the autistic people that we don't have here. <laughs> it's time to finally listen to all the people we've been telling to listen who we haven't been listening to. <laughs> Autism speaks through us. Ironically, there aren't autistics here. Yes. <laughs> I founded a charity to help men, and I invited all of my gal pals, and we just founded a group that was called Male Empowerment, helping young men become the leaders of tomorrow. And 27 people were involved in this organization, and one was a man. 
I don't know the exact numbers for autism speaks, but that's what it feels like to me, at least. And anytime he was like, um, excuse me, because um, and they're like, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> we're trying to listen. It brings me to another point, which is that so often people think of autism and they only think of autistic children. Now I understand I've been talking in this interview so much about autistic children. Now, this is just my personal opinion, but I believe MLMs purposely target parents of autistic kids because they know they're vulnerable, they know they're desperate, and they know that there are other organizations out there like Autism Speaks that are really controversial. So people are left with few resources, not knowing where to go and what to do, and even the ones that they find they might have heard horrible things about. They are desperate for a magic solution or any solution, a partial solution, two sevenths of a solution, you know, just they'll take what they can get. And I think MLMs know this. I think MLMs know that parents of autistic kids are a bit disoriented. And the good news is there are so many resources coming out for learning about autism. Look, I can name some Right now, I recommend getting on social media and following creators who are autistic themselves. And we'll talk about their experiences with autism. Okay. Like I, I could list some right now, I guess, but I don't remember usernames. I remember faces. So there's like that girl <laughs> and there's that guy. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, I follow some really cool autistic creators. And I was like, but I have no idea what their names are. I have a highlight on my Instagram. And it's called Autistics For You. And it's literally just an autistic account. I recommend, okay? Uh, but there are some really, really great people out there who share a lot about autism and educate a lot. And you are going to learn so much just from other autistics. Um, there's also a highlight there of therapists I love. If you're looking for people who will talk about therapy and in-depth discussions of autistic kids who have trouble communicating um, verbally and how you can use AAC technology to help them communicate in their own way and different, different ways you can work with that. Those are two great highlights of mine to look at on my Instagram profile. There's a lot of amazing autistics out there. Okay. So before we get to these rapid fire questions, um, really quick, I would love for you to give us some advice. Any parent that's maybe new on this journey, needs some advice, needs some help, what you would suggest for them to do. And, and then we'll get to those rapid fire questions. And then also, you know uh, and then also let everybody know where they can find you so that they can follow you. Because I'm telling you guys, if you are not already following Alora, like you are missing out a lot. I have three real pieces of advice for parents of autistic kids. Um, and I'm not a parent myself, but these are more mindset things that I think will really help. The first is that your child is going to take your lead when it comes to how they're supposed to think of themselves. So if you're constantly acting ashamed and embarrassed of them, they're going to think that they constantly need to feel ashamed and embarrassed. They're going to take their cues from how they view themselves from you. Once again, I'm not a parent. I don't have a bunch of experience in parenting, but I know from talking to other autistics and from my own experiences that if you get the feeling that your parents really just wish you were a different person, that's devastating to a kid. That's not to say that you can't help your kid learn and grow and like you have to accept everything your kid does as if it's never going to change. You know, parents have to parent. You got to teach kids things. That's just part of being the adult in the parental relationship. But if you 
send the message to your kid that they're always a problem, they're going to grow up thinking of themselves as a problem. They're going to notice how you behave. And this is true for kids who don't talk too. I've heard plenty of stories of people who are non-speaking autistics and they finally get the ability to communicate through AAC technology, which by the way, is not hard to come by. You can get apps that are great, essentially apps on your tablet or your phone that help you communicate. You can like tap on the words. I'm probably doing a bad job of explaining it here because I don't use it personally, but from what I've seen, it looks really good and it helps a lot of people. But I've heard stories plenty of times of people who grew up and their, their family and the people around them thought they were stupid and that they didn't have anything to say and that they didn't understand what was happening around them. And then once they got the ability to actually communicate, those people discovered that that person knew what was going on the entire time. So if you're bad mouthing your autistic kid in front of them and you think they can't hear, think again. You don't want to play that game. You don't want your kid to get access to communication in three years and be like, so I'm a burden. You've said that. And you're like, oh, I didn't think you could hear me. And you're like, well, I could hear you every time. You, you don't want that to happen. I'm not saying you can never be sad or bummed out, but make sure that you are sending the message to your kid that you love them and that they're awesome and that they deserve to have pride in themselves that they don't need to be ashamed for existing. They don't need to hang their head when they go out in public. That was a really long way to say the very first one on my list, but here it is. I'll say the second two a lot faster. The second one is just think of Lilo and Stitch, Rocket and Groot, you know, Rayla and Callum, Gimli and Legolas, just any group of friends where they're from two different species. There's a lot of great examples of that in the media. And you know what? They tend to be super weird people who think different, want different things, move different, have different priorities, understand life in completely different ways. And they're still great, amazing friends. So I recommend to anyone, whether it's a parent-child relationship, a friendship relationship, a family relationship, if you're trying to connect with an autistic person, choose one of those groups. Say like, you know what? Neither one of us is the like magical angel who's going to guide the other one into a higher state of consciousness. We're just two weirdos who are weird in different ways. We're Lilo and Stitch and we're going to have awesome adventures together and we're going to have each other's back. Just get that mindset in your head that there's not one person who's broken and one person who has to take all the responsibility to keep everything okay. It's just two people who are super weird in different ways. Think Adam's family, okay? <laughs> Your kid is going to be weird and you can either be really stressed about it all the time. Like I have to fix my weird kid or you can have adventures together. Doesn't mean you'll never be stressed, but it'll be more fun. <laughs> I say embrace the weird. The adventures yeah. are incredible. I, I'm not trying, I'm trying not to sound too high and mighty here because I'm not a parent. But I do know from my own experience and from the experiences of thousands of other autistics that I've been in touch with, communicated with through my social pages, people commenting, people messaging me privately, that this is a really common issue of just autistics feeling like they are horribly broken or at least seen that way by other people and just wanting basic respect. It's hard to put into words because I feel like I'm not doing it justice. Like maybe I'm making some sort of slip up and not really expressing it well enough. But just because your kid can't do all the things you think they should be able to do or that they want to be able to do or that you want them to be able to do, it doesn't mean that they're any less of a person or that they don't deserve respect or that they don't deserve to have pride in who they are. And if you take those away from a kid, 
you're gonna destroy them. There's no way to raise a child without a sense of pride, without a sense of dignity, without a sense of self-respect and think that kid's gonna turn out okay. That's just not how human beings work. And the last thing I'd say is just, yeah, you're probably gonna have a lot of problems that you don't know how to solve. Have a MacGyver attitude. When you're dealing with a kid who has an entirely different operating system in their brain, just know that a lot of the things that might work for you and for other quote unquote normal people might not work for that kid. And that's okay. You don't need to use all the life hacks that have already been taught to you. You can try new things. You can get weird. Okay. You don't have to eat dinner in the dining room. You can eat it on the back porch. That's a really simple example, but just get rid of those social rules like breakfast foods are for breakfast and dinner foods are for dinner. You don't need that in your life. Cut out the unnecessary stress live your life. Think like MacGyver. Innovate. Adapt. What's the meme? Improvise. Adapt. Overcome. Bear Gryllis. That's... You know, you throw some peanut butter in a bicycle tire and you make it work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's my advice for our autistic parents. I'm not a parent. I don't know how to parent in general, but I know that when it comes to the mindset, you got to show your kid that they deserve respect. Like you got to show through your own actions that they deserve to have self-worth and respect. You got to see them not as this horrible problem burden, but as someone who's different. And that might cause a lot of responsibility for you. You know, I'm not saying that you won't have a massive amount of responsibility to take care of your kid, but just please, please don't ever look at your child and be like, this is a burden mistake problem that was dumped on me by a curse. You you can be weird together. You can have fun in the weirdness, even if they have to rely on you for a lot of things you didn't think you'd be providing. That doesn't mean that you're not going to love each other and have a good time. Think like MacGyver, be innovative, be creative. Thank you for all of that. Where can people find you? You can find me at my name, which is Alora Dodd, E-L-O-R-A-D-O-D-D, or at my digital pseudonym, Online One Room Schoolhouse, uh, because of the history thing I told you earlier, guillotines and all that. Can we put my link to my link tree in the show notes? So you can just find my social media right there. Nice and easy. And I just have to say again, I know I text you this, but I love your name. And I told her that it makes me want to like drink tea in like a stone cottage, like in the middle of like a meadow somewhere. Like, it's just, I love your name. It is just so enchanting. My parents first heard it in the fantasy movie from the eighties, Willow. (gasps) Willow. Yeah. I saw that movie in the movie theater. That's how old I am. She's the baby princess. They stole the baby while they were taking a pee-pee. That's all I remember, really. I, I should love- probably watch that movie again. It's been like 30 years. I think I think Disney bought the rights to it and they're making a series or something. Do you want to do some rapid fire questions? Sure. All right. So I know you weren't in an MLM, so I'm going to edit these a little bit, but we're going to do some rapid fire questions. I uh, you know, was not I you bought were? some from Young Living and they had that policy where you had to join. I didn't like know what I was doing. I just... Bought the essential oils and you like, if you bought a starter kit, you like had to join or something. I didn't really think much of it because it's just like you get on any website nowadays and you have to like start an account. Right. So, so that, you joined for the discount. So I did, but I, I might've bought one or two things afterward. I don't know. I wasn't like in an MLM. I didn't even know like anything about MLMs. I just, I was really dealing with mental health issues. Like I mentioned how tough things for me, were for me at college. 
this was during that time frame. I went to a party. There were like 15 different MLM distributors in my town in a small cafe. And they had sections set up like where we would rotate through. And for like 15 minutes, they'd tell us all about this specific kind of oil. And it was like all the oils in the starter pack or like two at once grouped together or something. It was actually really kind of a great organization system because we all rotate through. They did separate my mom and I. I think they did that on purpose. Maybe maybe my mom and I chose to do that on, on our own. I don't know. It's like Hunbot speed dating. I don't, yeah. It was, it was essential oil speed dating. And I ate a scone and they told some really weird stories. I don't want to repeat the stories that I got told there because um, these are people in my town. I don't want to cause any problems with anyone. I will say I left that meeting with a lot of concern. I had a lot of concerns for many different things. (laughs) I do remember people directly telling us, we're not legally allowed to tell you this, but it is true. Like literally that sort of phrasing. Legally, we're not allowed to tell you this, but you can definitely do this and it is safe, even though we're legally allowed not to tell you that you can do it or that it is safe. So off the record, we highly recommend it, essentially is what they were saying. Pretty much that's, it was a few years ago. It's so wild to me that they, they were, it wasn't subtle. They were like, we legally cannot tell you it's okay, but it is okay. And that's some of the milder stories. I don't know. I remember leaving there feeling very concerned. The oils were nice though. They smell good. They smelled good. That's, that's pretty much all. I I won't buy them again, but I think technically I was in Young Living. I think they still sent me emails until recently when I unsubscribed. I don't know. I still get emails and text messages from MLM companies that are like, please update your shipping and billing information. I was like, not gonna happen. I didn't even realize I was in until recently. I'm like, oh, I think that meant I was part of the company. (laughs) I don't know. They probably have me on one of their statements. Like we have 40 billion retailers. (laughs) I'm propping up their numbers. Like Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe you technically have to leave. Maybe I'm in their system in there and they're like, no, we have so many retailers. <laughs> I'm not one of them. I've never sold your stuff. I did give some away to a friend and he really liked them. He was going to give them back, but he forgot. That's okay. It happens. Oh he moved. <laughs> Can't really get them back. That's fine. Oh my God. So tell me one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. In one word? I don't know. It'd probably be like a, a just a sound, like like a cat with a hairball, just like that's yeah. Like you have to purge yourself of the evil in the most gross way possible. That's the one. Oh my god! That is one warning to somebody who is like, "Hey, MLM looks like a good thing to join." There are always people out there who see you as a tool for their own personal gain. And there are ways to do that ethically. There are ways to do that unethically. Someone just selling you soap, uh, they're using you as a tool for their personal gain, but without taking anything away from you. MLMs use you as a tool for their personal gain while taking things from you that you never agreed to give in the first place. It's easy to look at something like that and say, it's just a business. I give them money, they give me products. But MLMs are set up in a way to try to extract things from you that you never agreed to give in a highly not good way. (laughs) So I just say, you can get the same experience from a lot of other places. Whatever you're looking for, community, companionship, uh, business training, 
good products. There are other ways to get those out there. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Honestly, probably something from like the middle ages or ancient times, because I'm certain this is not new. And I'll bet there was one back then where people were like, I don't know, throwing their most precious belongings into a volcano. And then they were paying for the privilege. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like there was probably an MLM before this that was way worse than anything we've seen now, because it's like, we we all got to just join these groups and follow each other. And then the God of the harvest will bless us. So if we just throw enough of our riches into the volcano, then we'll have food to feed our children. And then there's some guy underneath, like in a cave at the edge of the volcano's mouth with a big basket catching all the gold coins. I don't know. I wasn't there, but MLMs don't seem like anything new to me. So I'll bet there was one that was really bad that we don't remember. (laughs) Just a volcano man catching gold coins. What is the hardest lesson that you have learned being on the spectrum and seeing how MLMs target people? It's not just the autism fixing industry. There's a whole bunch of businesses out there that promise to fix your autistic kids, but it's not just them. There's a lot of people who are going to prey on you and prey on your autistic loved ones just because they can, because they know you're vulnerable. And it's not just one industry. There's other people out there who see that you're vulnerable. It's not just one industry. And finally, what has been a positive takeaway from your experience in educating about autism and seeing how all of this sort of plays? Seeing other people get happy because there's so many amazing autistic people out there. There's so many people out there who just want to make friends with autistic people. There's so many parents out there who are working they're behind off to be an amazing parent. And just, if I can give you one piece of advice that helps you, maybe that could make your life a lot better. And seeing people message me and tell me that I have made their lives better, just makes it all worth it because it can be nerve wracking to get up there and talk about autism, especially because it's such a wide topic. There's no way I can cover all of it. And I've gone on so many tangents and disclaimers and background information throughout this whole episode, because I'm trying to do justice to the subject. And there's no way I can. It's just a massive subject. There's no way I can talk about MLMs and autism while also giving you a crash course in autism and autism theory and the progressive attitude of autism and the autism industry. There's just far too much. I've left massive gaps in this, but it's all worth it. I get up here. I do my best. I make a lot of mistakes. I leave a lot out, but bit by bit, it helps make other people's lives better. And I wouldn't be here if not for other people who did the exact same thing because no doctor told me I was autistic until I suggested it. And I said, Hey, I think this explains my life. And then I did get an official medical diagnosis, but I had to figure it out myself first because people were out there talking about autism and advocating for me. And I didn't even know it. So people looked out for me and it has made my life so much better. And now I'm doing my best to look out for other people in that same way. I love that. I absolutely love that. You should. It was good. Thank you so much. Seriously, <laughs> you are hilarious. I'm so glad we, we are friends now. I yeah. definitely am going to have you come back on the show because like you said, this is like dipping a toe in the water. There's so much more. I know there are going to be a ton of people that reach out and say, oh my gosh, Alora like helped me so bad. Like 
I'm so excited to get those emails and to send them to you and to have people reach out and and learn. Thank you so, 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 so much. This seriously was probably one of the most fun chats I've ever had. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans.